The following is a hoop ball presentation. Wow! Well, that was a game. <laughs> that was a uh, performance too. Welcome to another edition of NBA Today Hoop Ball Presentation. I'm your host, Corbin Forge. You can follow me on Twitter at CorbinNBA. As I always say, this is a Hoop Ball presentation. So make sure to check out the fine folks of Hoop Ball on Twitter at Hoop Ball Tweets, online hoop-ball.com. Plethora of team-specific podcasts, great NBA content, some of the best in the business, both from your general NBA perspective as well as your fantasy perspective. So honestly, what are you waiting for? Definitely make sure to check that out. I'm recording this on Sunday, the 4th of October. You'll be listening to this, obviously, the opening of the week, top of the week to you, the 5th of October, where the Miami Heat have just won a game and made this a series against the Los Angeles Lakers, taking game three, 115-104, to behind a monster, and I repeat, monster performance by Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler, first of all, 40 huge points on 70% shooting, 11 rebounds, 13 assists. Again, 70% 70% shooting, 40 points, 11 rebounds, 13 assists. Not only is he the third player to have a 40-point triple-double in the NBA Finals, joining the likes of Jerry West and LeBron James, but he is also the first one to have a triple-double, 40 points, without taking a three-pointer. This goes all the way back to 2002 by a certain guy named Shaq. Shaquille O'Neal. Yes. And here's the thing. This game was still winnable for Los Angeles, but we have to give credit where credit is due, and that goes to Miami. First of all, they played with a lot more intensity, and they've played with intensity this entire time. But in general, from the beginning, they put the pressure on, they didn't stop. They built a lead to as big as 14 at one point. As big as a 14, and along all three spectrums, shooting from the field, from three, and from the free throw line, they blew out Los Angeles, shooting 51% from the field, 35% from three, and 90% from the free throw line. Remember, in game two, the Heat were the first team to go 50, 40, 90 from the field and still lose. They definitely made sure they walked out with the win. They also, even though they lost the rebounding battle to LA, if you were watching the game, it did not feel that way. They, they definitely got more defensive rebounds. They were smothered in the offensive glass as far as, you know, reclaiming those rebounds. But they were a lot more active. They made things a lot more tough for the Lakers, specifically AD, who was not the best player on the floor, the second best player on the floor. Honestly, the way Kuzma played, I wouldn't even put him as the third best player on the floor. And then I'd stop there. He'd be somewhere after that. Anthony Davis has held pretty efficient numbers, 6 of 9, Went to the free throw line for a pair. 15 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists. And what held him in check was first the turnovers, of which he had 5. And there's a story there uh, for the Lakers and turnovers I'll get to in a second. But he also battled foul trouble throughout. I mean, the dude had 3 fouls, you know, before halftime. Had 4 very quickly into the third quarter. He finished with 4, but that negated some of his aggressiveness on both the offensive end and the defensive end. LeBron James... um, he had a rough game. Statistically, it looks fine. 25 points, 56% shooting, 10 rebounds, 8 assists. Not bad. Standard LeBron, right? Now, the two things I'm focused on is one from the three-point line. He was one of five from out there. And, you know, some of them are close, but 
ultimately not a great look from out there. And because he couldn't really establish his outside game, it made it tougher for him to go in the inside where the Heat were really good at building a wall, forcing him to more than a few traveling violations and generally making things tough for LeBron, as tough as you can make it. Uh, the second thing I noticed was he had the eight assists, right? He also had eight turnovers. Uh, and, and as a team, the Lakers were sprinkling turnovers throughout, just up and down the game. For, for the record, they had 19 of them. And at certain points in the first quarter, had more turnovers than field goal attempts or make. It was rough. It was rough on L.A. side. What I also like from Miami is the timely contributions they got from players not named Jimmy Butler. Duncan Robinson, although his shooting numbers were not super great, 4 of 12, 3 of 10 from 3, he did contribute double figures. And again, that gravity that he usually brings from the three-point line was actually brought to full effect this time because he was actually converting some looks. Uh, in addition to that, he also contributed five rebounds and three assists. Um, Kelly Olenek was the star for me, and I would think many p- people looking back. Obviously, Jimmy Butler's game is going to dominate, and rightfully so. But Kelly Olenek put a lot of pressure from that five spot in 31 big minutes at 17 points, knocked down three three-pointers, played really well you know, off the pick and roll, nice finishes, some decent feeds, uh, seven big rebounds. He played well. Jay Crowder. You know, again, shooting numbers didn't look good, but I thought his defense was great, and he was another guy who was manning the boards alongside Jimmy. Uh, in fact, Jay Crowder was second on the team next to Jimmy Butler in rebounds with eight. And as a team, as a unit, the Heat found their way through. Tyler Hero at the end even put up a snarl, which is it's funny. It's curious because the dude shot 33% from the field. The dude shot 28% from three. He, he did not play very well, but at the end of the game, you know, they up. He made a shot. He's like, let me give you that snarl. It looks so manufactured. Like, that was a low light of the highlight reel. Uh, that and ESPN, and I love how, you know, they focus on players for their intensity shots, you know, just like focusing on LeBron yelling or or AD or in the exclam- in moment of exclamation or Jimmy Butler, you know, um, bringing out his teammates and, and engaging in them. And, you know, with zeros in on their face in slow motion. But there was one, and this was at the end of the first quarter, or in the middle of the first quarter, actually, where the Heat had gone on the run, Lakers called timeout, and Jimmy Butler was yelling, and like, you know, a little bit of spittle came out of his mouth and kind of landed on his beard, and I get it, he was engaged, he was showing his intensity, but but why do you, ESPN, why do you, why do ABC, why do people think we want to see that, it's kind of nasty, you know what I mean, like, yeah, you know, it was, it was, he spit, and it landed on his beard as he yelled to his team, like, I don't mind seeing that once, but that was the the, the shot at the end of the of, of, of the timeout there, that was the shot at the end of the first quarter, that was the shot at halftime, the shot at the end of the third quarter, and the shot at the end of the game, like, they just kept going back into that well, that nasty, drooling well. Anyway, that's my own personal take. Bottom line, Miami's play, in spite of, and this has been brought up again and again ad nauseum, in spite of the loss of both Guan Dragic and Bam Adebayo, really came through for them. The Lakers not having AD play at his best was rough. Now, I do have to shine some light on, on Kyle Kuzma, who did perform admirably in his stead as far as bringing some additional scoring help, and Markeith Morris, who, although he missed some threes pretty badly, ultimately went 5 for 11 from three, really keyed a big run in the third quarter for the Lakers, and finished with 19 points, six rebounds, and two assists. Going back to Kuzma, 19 points as well, along with the re, uh, along with uh, three rebounds. He was 4-8 from three. He played well. But ultimately, you needed more to step up. Dwight Howard had uh, two kind of cool dunks, I guess, in the first quarter. Was largely ineffective in 14 minutes. Four points, three rebounds. Danny Green continues to annoy, frustrate, stun, surprise, sadden. Lakers fans all over. 16 minutes, just didn't have it. Two points, 0-6 from the field. 
four of those being three-pointers, had three rebounds, got to the line for a pair, and that was it from him. And then aside from that, Rondo didn't have a super great game. Uh, you know, four, six, four, eight, and five. He had a nice dunk uh, attempt on Jimmy Butler. That was a, a foul. Uh, but aside from that, he didn't really bring too much that I remember of note. As Crusoe, eight points, one rebound. That's all they wrote. Uh, two assists as well. That that wasn't a lot. You just didn't have enough support. Um, and, and looking for shooting, uh, Coach Frank Vogel was even able to dust off J.R. Smith for a minute. J.R. Smith came in, shot three threes, made one of them, one rebound. That was it. And ultimately, you just needed more. The Lakers didn't have it. And to be fair, they deserved to lose this game. If we're looking at it from a Lakers-centric point of view, they did not come with the intensity necessary. They came back just by sheer talent at certain points, making a run that they did to come back from a double-digit lead multiple times, or to come back from a double-digit deficit multiple times, is admirable. But they didn't climb over the hump to close the deal. They had a, a lead of, I think, four at one point and just coughed it away because Miami played with more intensity and they wanted to win more. And that's one of those generic intangibles, but it was serious. You could watch that and say, okay, Miami is really scrapping, they're really fighting, they're really making things difficult. And the Lakers, between missed shots and too many defensive errors coughed this game away. LeBron James apparently so frustrated, he walked off the court before the game was even over. Like, officially. They, they were down by, by almost double digits at that point. But, officially. Just walked off, the, well, walked off the court. I'm sure it'll be interesting to see what he says, you know, in the post-game presser. I'm recording this before that because the game was, was in my mind, pretty cut and dry. Miami played better. They were more aggressive. Jimmy Butler got to his spots again and again and again. The Lakers seemed helpless to be able to stop that. Uh, he finished shooting at a high percentage from the field. He got his teammates involved. He played within the flow of the offense, which is crazy to say because, you know, he scored 40 points, but ultimately all those points were in the flow. Like, yes, he forced more action, going through himself more, being more assertive as people uh, like myself were saying, you know you need to have Gene Butler play like that, and here he did. He was the best player on the floor by a wide margin time, and he is a huge reason why the Heat won this game. So game four will be on Tuesday. We'll have to see about the status of Goran Dragic and Bam Adebayo. It, it can only be more helpful, you know, the more time they have to rest. But they're playing every other day. And ultimately, with injuries to the severity that they have, some of that just, you, you can't overstate that, that you need more time. So we'll see where they are. I, I, I would say that they're doubtful to play in Game 4. But the way Jim Butler played, the way that the Heat's defense keyed in and made things difficult for LeBron and Anthony Davis, I would say, hey, there's hope. We knew this was going to be a series. I said Lakers in five to begin with. This would be the one game. We'll see what happens next. Support for this show and other Hoop Ball Productions brought to you by our two amazing partners. First being my bookie. Let's talk about them. You have the NBA Finals going on right now. You have the WNBA Finals going on right now. The Seattle Storm, by the way, are one game away from winning another WNBA championship. You also have football in full swing, baseball in the postseason. All these sports, unprecedented at one time, just at their highest moments. And right now, my book is accepting bets on all of that. You can cash it on NBA, NHL, and NFL games. My fault, not NHL, MLB. Blubbed my words there. There's honestly never been a better time to start exploring the world of online sports betting, especially when all these sports are in full swing. I mean, why wouldn't you? Join today, my book, you match deposit 100%, plus they'll toss you a free... $10 MLB future wager. All I gotta do is print, enter promo code HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L when signing up. That's the promo code HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L when signing up. Remember, at my bookie, the terms are simple. You bet, you win, they pay. Uh, also, support the 
for Hoop Balls brought to you by Manscaped, which is the best in men's below the belt grooming. Manscaped obsesses over the technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Now, I have stories about manscaping incidents gone wrong. Y'all don't want to hear it. NBA Today is about positivity and light. It's definitely not about manscaping horror stories. So I'm just going to skip past that. But just think about this. Imagine your worst manscaping story. Thought about it? Okay, cool. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team has spent 18 months perfecting the greatest hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin safe technology. And when I tell y'all this is premium, I mean it is premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. The water resistant technology allows you to groom in the shower and one of the coolest features is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. If you think that that's all, you would be wrong. They've also upgraded to a 7000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology and let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. So. If you're listening to me speak right now, and you are because it's NBA Today, duh, I want you to experience this firsthand for yourself. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20. Remember that 2-0. It is different from the promo code with my bookie, HOOPBALL20 at Manscaped.com. Again, get 20% off plus free shipping with the code HOOPBALL at Manscaped.com. 20% off and free shipping, HOOPBALL20. I confuse myself. HOOPBALL20 at Manscaped.com. Check out these great offers, y'all. These are great promotions by trusted partners who have great things to offer you. Take advantage of it for sure. HOOPBALL for my bookie, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L, and HOOPBALL20 for Manscaped.com. Don't really have any news aside from Game 3 of the NBA Finals. Uh, a little bit of trivia or history history probably being the more uh, appropriate word. LeBron James officially during Game 3 of the NBA Finals surpassed John Stockton for second place on the all-time postseason assist leaderboard. So Stockton uh, played only 182 playoff games in his career. He averages more assists per playoff game at 10.1 to LeBron's 7.2, but because LeBron has played so long, he was able to pass John Stockton. And that's insane. I mean, Magic Johnson, over a career that was relatively much shorter, racked up an astounding 2,346 career assists in the postseason. That's an average of 12 per, 12.3 assists per game. So at his current pace of around 7.2 per game, it would take LeBron about 70 or more playoff games to catch him. Now, that's conceivable, possibly, but it would take at least three more deep postseason runs, if not more, and LeBron is already 35. That being said, how many times have we bet against LeBron and been wrong, right? But I'm willing to say, this is a Corbin take, I'm willing to say that record is, is safe, right? It does seem that way to me. Uh, no real news going on as far as today, Monday, what's happening? Not a whole lot of anything. WNBA playoffs will resume on Tuesday, same as the NBA regular uh, NBA Finals as well. So WNBA and NBA Finals will both be going on. Uh, Asia Wilson and the Aces are going to have to try to find a way to slow down the Seattle Storm because right now they're clicking on all cylinders and it is it is something it is really something to see I mean they've been one of the best teams in WNBA all season but at the end of the day Sue Storm is great Brianna Stewart is great and they have a good team effort that helped the that helped the Storm to route the Aces again so we'll have to see how the Aces respond in a do or die game three on Tuesday we'll also see how the Lakers respond playing you know, after a, a big loss, and when we already talked about that, they didn't deserve to win anyway, right? So, 
I'll be watching the Aces and the Lakers very closely. But then again, got to look at the Heat, the confidence they have. You got to look at the Storm, riding high and playing well. So Tuesday, another big day for NBA, WNBA fans all over. And honestly, with the way they're structured and the high-quality basketball, definitely watch both. Support the WNBA, support the NBA, check out both leagues, check out both games. Obviously, it's NBA today. Uh, make it happen. All right, that's all for me. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at CorbinNBA. Make sure to follow Hoopball, Hoop-Ball.com on Twitter at HoopBallTweets. I have a great guy I work with. His name is Garrett Bougay. Follow him at Garrett Bougay and check out the podcast we do together at Duncan Dynasty. He's had great coverage on the NBA Finals and he has a special guest coming on this week covering the latest in Lakers and Heat. So definitely make sure to tune on that. That's all I got for y'all. Peeps, take care. Go into the new week strong. Stay frosty, y'all. This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.